Today is a topic that I really have been excited to talk about because it's something that I've found to be one of the most valuable tips that I've learned in critical care over the years. And I've found that more often than not, the most difficult patient assignments, the most challenging days, often can be prevented or greatly smoothed out by doing this. The root of this really started several years ago with an interesting patient interaction that I had. I came in one morning and our charge nurse was giving out patient assignments and she asked if I stayed would stay after. So she gave me my patient assignment and she said, I, I wanted to let you know that we have some challenges with this assignment. Which you, when you hear that, you're like, oh boy, this is not good. And she said, this patient's multiple days post-op. Things have not gone exactly to plan. There's been a lot of complications, but we've had a lot of issues with the family. And that's kind of all they said. They said that the nurses had been reporting that there'd been some, some challenging interactions. The family, they had said, had been kind of rude to the nurses. And so that's kind of what all I knew. So I got report from the night nurse, and the night nurse had said that a lot of things had changed. We were dealing with potential sepsis. We were dealing with arrhythmias. We were dealing with electrolyte abnormalities. We were, we were dealing with quite a few issues, not to mention we had a patient that was post-op, and we had some post-op complications from a respiratory standpoint. And so we really were looking at a lot of things that had changed in a 12-hour period and I went in the room, it was like 7, 10 in the morning, and the patient's there, they're on BiPAP, and right next to the bed are, are two women, one much older and one much younger, and I don't quite know who they are at this point. So I walk in the room, and they just kind of stared at me, and I introduced myself, I said, hey, I'm Michael, how are you guys doing? And the older lady looked at me and just said, Fair. And I was like, okay. And I, I looked at the the younger lady there, and I, I said, you know, how are you doing? And she said, I don't think we're doing very well at all. And I said, like, okay, what makes you say that? She goes on to say, well, they said that, you know, at this point he'd be up in a chair out of the bed, but she's like, he's got a fever, he has an infection, he's got arrhythmias. They're like, they start talking about, you know, he was having some issues with some potassium and magnesium. And she said, I don't know what's going on, but you guys are just not taking good care of him. And that's one of those things as a nurse that's very challenging to hear when you first walk in a room. Because you know the reality is this patient's been getting exceptional care. This patient has had every kind of intervention done exactly when it needed to happen. Everything has been done to the best of our ability. I know the nurses who've taken care of this patient. The patients had phenomenal nurses. The patients had great ICU APPs and physicians attending to them. And in many regards, where the patient was at, given everything that had happened, the patient was actually doing considerably well. It's hard to, because in that moment, you want to be defensive. But something I've learned over the years is when you hear that and you sense that, 
to take a step back, sit down, and get to know your families. At that moment, I sat down and I kind of turned the the topic away from what was going on at the moment. And I said, hey, like, tell me how you guys know the patient. And so... You know, I learned that, that the older lady there is his wife. I learned that the, the other patient's the daughter. And I just started asking questions like, where are you guys from? Where'd you grow up? You know, what's this person in, in terms of the patient? Like, what are they like? like? You know, what do they enjoy doing? And so, you know, it just sort of helps them redirect to something which is really important to the family, which is the patient. And so after that, we had talked for about five minutes. And I said, do you mind if I just take a step back before we talk about what happened last night and let's maybe kind of walk through what's happened over the last three days? I said, would you guys be okay with that? And so right away they said, sure. So I walked really carefully through kind of his health history, what led to the hospitalization, what led to the surgery, how the surgery went, what went on in the surgery. I talked about the immediate post-operative care. Every single thing that we did, I walked through it all. I then walked kind of shift by shift what happened, why we did what we did. I talked about like the medications, the interventions, and I walked through up to the night before. And then I very slowly went through the last 12 hours. I walked through things like sepsis. What does sepsis mean? What were the labs we used to see the bacterial infection? Walking through, okay, here are the antibiotics we're on. Here's the medication to help with blood pressure support. You know, here's why we're doing that. And and we walk through those things. And it was interesting because as I was explaining the antibiotics and the cultures, the family goes, okay, so you are taking care of the infection then? I said, oh, yes, absolutely. And that's what we're doing. And the wife looked at me. He's like, well, no one told us any of that. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, that's on us then. We need to do a better job explaining what we're doing. And so we started talking about the arrhythmia. The patient was in and out of AFib and it was a pretty fast rate. So I talked about the different meds we were using for that and how, yes, he was in AFib, but that the rate we were okay with at that moment. And again, the family, same, same thing. They were saying, oh, okay. So we're, we're okay, we're in AFib. I said, yes, it's okay at the moment. The rate is what we're really worried about for the moment. And again, the family looks at me, and you could just see them start to be more and more at ease. And you start to develop some trust with the family. At this point, we start walking through other issues going on went through the night. And it, honestly, it did take about 15 to 20 minutes to get to this point. And it was interesting because the family looks at me and says, we're just so scared to lose him. And we feel so out of control. And we honestly just don't know what's going on. And we feel like if we don't know what's going on and people aren't telling us what's going on, we feel like it means you guys don't know what's going on. And I remember just thinking about that. And it really struck me how that's true. Perception is reality. If you don't communicate what you're doing and why you're doing it, people don't know. This is our job in critical care. And often 
we quite simply get lazy and we don't tell people why we're doing what we're doing. And after that day, it just forever cemented in my mind the importance of taking that time to explain what you're doing and why. It was interesting in that interaction because shortly after, I asked the family if if they wouldn't mind if I just explained everything in the room nice, slowly, and I said, I, I I was like, you know, it may be repetitive, but at least you can know all the things in the room. So we walk through, he was on a cardiac support device. We walk through the monitoring. We watched, we walk through all the different IV medications he was on. Then I walk through my plan for the day. Here's how a normal ICU day works. I talked about, you know, three assessments. I talked about the turning. We talked about, you know, the, the patient was on BiPAPs. We walk through BiPAP. We walk through, okay, here are the things we're looking for to see improvement here are the things that would just be kind of a neutral day, and here would be things that would be regressing that we're, I'm a bit worried about. And then I told the family, here are my plan to do these things for the day. And I also knew that the family had been definitely hovering. And, I, and again, I created a series like, you guys need to take care of yourselves too. And so we created some time where I said, we can have some established quiet time in the room, which I think would be great for the patient and good for you guys. And after talking again, the family said, thank you. We had no idea how the day unfolds. And it's interesting because when you help provide structure for a family for the day, I've often found it's very stress relieving for the family because they feel like they can step outside the room for a while. And it gives the nurse and the providers a chance to have sometimes a break or some quieter time. But again, Those things can't be established without setting those expectations. And this is something that I've been carrying on to this day. I really try to spend five minutes or so every morning with my patients walking through, okay, here's my plan for the day. Here's some of the things we're looking to do, and here's why. And again, walking through as we do medications, as we do different interventions, whether it be the family, whether it be the patient, explaining things with the assumption that they don't know why you're doing what you're doing. And I'll be honest, it's exhausting. It is super draining because often as a provider of care, you just want to do your job. You just want to, in many ways, be able to go in, do what you need to do, and get out. But what really separates exceptional critical care providers from the rest is taking that time to explain what you're doing and why. Because families are stressed, families are worried, patients are worried. And often that feeling of being out of control is one of the most challenging elements. And so by providing that explanation, by providing a plan, so often you can really mitigate a lot of issues. And often, too, it can reduce that adversarial role that some patients and families have in the ICU, where they sometimes feel like they're an outsider and that we're over here doing our thing. When you're able to do this, often it feels more collaborative. And I found that it really helps, especially in the very challenging situations with there's a lot of stressful changes going on. We have very sick patients. I found that that to be one of the absolute most beneficial steps 
you can take. I hope this is helpful, and I, I know this tip can be challenging because, again, in the world of critical care, it is very time-crunched, but I often feel like this extra five minutes a day, sometimes it's 10 minutes a day, is the most valuable 10 minutes you can spend for the rest of the shift.